listener production. Wall Street recovers after yesterday's drubbing. And Aussie shares expected to rise ahead of producer prices data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday, the 2nd of February. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, reassuring to see these US markets on a slightly better footing today. The Dow Jones, as we speak right now, is up by two-thirds of a percent. The S&P 500 up three-quarters of a percent. The Nasdaq up by about a percent. Local futures are pointing to a small improvement, up by around 0.2 of a percent. What a difference a day makes, as the song goes. Certainly does. We have seen Wall Street shrug off Jerome Powell's message that a March Federal Reserve rate cut is unlikely, Tom. Attention's now turning towards tech results. We've got Apple, Amazon and Meta platforms all announcing their results after the closing of trade. Indeed, a big event uh, post the close. But the bottom line is that uh, the market now uh, pricing in a one in three chance thereabouts of a a rate cut in March. It was considerably higher. It was uh, uh, almost 90% at one stage. The shift has now moved towards the April-May meeting, the belief being is that's when we'll see the Fed let the firing gun go off. Indeed, futures markets are now pricing in an approximately 90% chance that the Fed begins cutting rates at its May meeting. And they'll be quite pleased with some of the jobs data that was announced overnight. So what we did see was jobless claims lift in the previous week up by about 9,000 to 224,000. That's a two-month high. We also saw a challenger report released as well, and that showed that job cuts or redundancies in January increased to the highest level in 10 months as employers in the financial and technology sectors launched restructuring efforts. So we saw layoffs reach 82,307, 136% surge from the December level of 34,817. Do you see a picture emerging where the strength that has dominated the US labor market for the last couple of years is that's not going to fall off a cliff. No, and it feeds into this narrative around a Goldilocks situation or a soft landing, if you want to call it that. <laughs> as much we, as we despise those as terms. As much as we despise those terms. But one of the things that was particularly interesting overnight is the fact that we did see labor productivity lift in the United States quite significantly in the December quarter. So let's just quickly pause there because one of the holy grails in the whole economic picture is you know you can have all manner of good things going on, but if you're not getting productivity, and meaning that for one unit of energy that you invest, you don't get slightly more in terms of the outcome, you're behind the eight ball. Yes, and if companies can generate strong productivity growth, Tom, they'll be able to control costs, protect margins without sacrificing talent like you <laughs> in an environment of still elevated wages and fading price power. So we saw labour productivity lift by 3.2% in the December quarter, smashing expectations for 2.5%. Encouragingly, labour costs, unit labour costs, were up just 0.5% lower than expectations. So we are seeing a little bit of a fading when it comes to what businesses pay employees to produce one unit of output. Indeed. So importantly, you know what we have seen is that uh, long-term interest rates in the US have fallen to their lowest levels in about a month. And that outcome with the productivity uh, result there would have been a contributor to that. So you've got this wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth about you know, Jerome Powell yesterday, um, a pretty decent move lower for stocks. On the other hand, you've got rates at their lowest levels in four weeks. Certainly supportive as far as financial conditions are concerned. All eyes will be on tonight's payrolls numbers for January. We've got 
expectations of 185,000 jobs to be created in the first month of the year, which is pretty solid. It's a bit of an easing or slowdown. The unemployment rate to potentially lift a little bit from 37 to 3.8% and wages growth to remain fairly contained up 0.3%, but around 4% year on year. Look, I suppose the other thing that um, stood out to me was how some of the more conservative stocks are doing quite well at the moment. So, you know, Procter & Gamble uh, up by about a percent over night at a two-month high. You've got Caterpillar at a record high. You know, when you have those grassroots industrial stocks and doing quite well, that's as good as any other uh, affirmation that you need about the, you know, solid economic news, I suppose. And we, we saw Merck climb 3.9% following the drug makers' upbeat fourth quarter results. So that was very supportive of the Dow Jones. So you make a good point around the industrial stocks. Cortiva jumped 18.4% to top the S&P 500 after the maker of seeds and crop protection products said it expects demand from farmers to drive profits higher. So we're seeing across the economy in the United States at the moment quite good outcomes. Uh, let's just reflect on what happened in Europe because that was important as well for the fact that the Bank of England handed down an interest rate decision uh, to leave rates on hold, but it was a divided uh, decision. But importantly, they removed their bias for a rate hike. Uh, and then within that, they also upgraded their growth expectations. So you kind of got like a pretty virtuous circle joining up there despite some of the headlines. Well, what we did see was the Bank of England keep interest rates at nearly 16-year highs, but they've opened up the possibility of cutting interest rates as inflation falls. And one of its policymakers cast a first vote for a reduction in borrowing costs since 2020. So it looks like we've got a bit of a mixed monetary policy committee in the United Kingdom. And that's the first time since 2008 that that's happened. And we have seen Governor Andrew Bailey said inflation is moving in the right direction but of course, he did also caution that borrowing costs would be kept under review in the near term. We also saw Sweden's central bank keep interest rates unchanged at 4% as well. Consumer prices in the Eurozone dipped to 2.8% in January from 2.9% in December. But banks were aware all the action happened in Europe overnight, Tom. Indeed, quite a lot of movement. So BNP Paribas, the French bank, had a miss with its earnings and the stock finished down by about 9%. Deutsche Bank, which has been, you know, has definitely been one of those organizations that has fallen from heady heights and is now uh, regathering itself. It had uh, better than expected earnings overnight, uh, outlined buybacks and an improved dividend, which helped the shares up by around 3%. Very quickly, we have seen Volvo up 26% after the Swedish automaker said it would stop funding Polestar, the electric vehicle. And Tom, you'll be pleased. Ferrari shares are up 9.2% racing ahead after mm. the car maker reassured investors that its revenues and core earnings would keep growing this year. And of course, it's in talks to secure Lewis Hamilton from Mercedes. I wonder how much uh, Lewis is contributing to that share price improvement. But uh, quickly, Adidas shares fell by about 2% on a disappointing uh, outcome. And we had uh, British Telecom down by about 3%. Better earnings, but the quality was questioned. So as far as the local picture is concerned, as I said they open we're up by about two percent according to the futures uh however i've uh, got some work to do to reclaim that 1.2 percent loss that featured yesterday that kind of stood out to me as being a little bit aggressive under the circumstances we hit the record high the previous day 
And then, of course, markets decided to sell off, follow the US. It's never a good sign when you see that. Indeed. And it won't be helped today by a fall in US oil prices. So we have seen the NYMEX price down by 2.3% to 74.10 US dollars a barrel. That's on news on reports of a potential ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Negotiations to pause the conflict and free civilian hostages captured by Hamas are advancing, according to Bloomberg. And Qatar said Israel agreed to a ceasefire proposal. So watch this space. Iron ore futures are up 1.6% to 132.67 US dollars a tonne. That should provide some support for those miners in particular, as investors reassess demand prospects in China ahead of the Lunar New Year. As far as our local markets concerned today, economically, producer prices are released and home lending data are scheduled. Shares of Euros Hartley's group and Nickel Industries both trade ex-dividend. But all eyes will be on the payrolls data tonight, Tom. Indeed. Uh, we'll finish on a high. The Aussie dollar, interestingly, uh, surrendered quite a bit of ground overnight. Uh, uh, went from around 65.7 to flirting with the 65 US cent mark, and it's recovered since uh, to be roughly where it was yesterday afternoon. So that, as much as anything else, just reflects what's been going on with the uh, the US dollar, I would suggest. Absolutely. A lot to digest with the inflation data in Australia this week. Thanks for your company this week. Well, we look forward to joining you once again next week. Have a lovely weekend. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.